Welcome to Stoked with Megan McPhail, the podcast that helps you get super effing jazzed about your work, life, and bank account. I'm your host, Megan McPhail, a former burnt out emergency veterinarian that quit my hard-earned career to become a seven-figure business coach, entrepreneur, and elopement photographer. Now I'm living a life I absolutely love, full of travel, adventure, and financial abundance, and I am hell-bent on inspiring others to do the same. Are you ready to say goodbye to the 9-to-5 grind and start going after some big, bold dreams? Then let's dive into this week's episode. Hey, hey, it's your host, Megan McPhail. And your co-host, Todd Reedy. And today's episode is all about imposter syndrome and thinking about it in a new way and how it's actually a superpower. But first, I am going to define imposter syndrome. I'm sure most of you have felt this in your life before. I have, for sure. But I didn't know the term until just recently, actually. So. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I think it's it's a very common term within like the photography community. And I think the coaching community or maybe creatives in general. But yeah, it's basically this awful feeling of self-doubt, of incompetence and feeling like a fraud and like people are going to discover that you're not who you say you are or that the success you achieved was like a fluke or something like that. So there's a lot of different ways to describe it. Uh, It comes along with a lot of anxiety most of the time, and it will really kind of stop you in your tracks and and keep you from progressing in your life and your business. So I definitely want to talk about it because oftentimes it really means that you are on the right track when you are feeling imposter syndrome, even though it feels awful. (laughs) And it disproportionately affects the high achievers, which a lot of us are, right? I mean, I'm definitely a high achiever. I got straight A's all the time. I'm a recovering perfectionist. I'm a workaholic. And, you know, people who are perfectionists and are used to getting straight A's and and being kind of successful will often feel imposter syndrome when they are doing new things. So it's it feels awful, but I don't want you to be too afraid of it. Or I want you to be able to recognize it and spin it in a positive way is really what I want you to get out of this episode. But how have you how have you experienced imposter syndrome, Todd? Oh, I think it's pretty common in every stage of my life. Ooh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, early when I was a kid, right, before I probably even realized any of this, you were always comparing yourself against, you know, my big brother or <laughs> the other guys on the soccer team or someone else in class, right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we're constantly comparing ourselves. I mean, yeah, I think that's just human nature, right? Mm-hmm. So, in school, right, like with grades, mm-hmm. Yeah, in work about like, you know, people getting promotions or being in charge of bigger projects or whatever it may be, right? I mean, it's it's not constrained to creatives. Yeah. I mean, we're constantly comparing ourselves to each other. Yeah. So um, yeah. now that I'm thinking about it, I mean, I'm sure I was feeling it when I first started practicing veterinary medicine. I mean, you get spit out of vet vet school and you have to start practicing and doing surgeries and talking to owners like you know what you're talking about when really deep down you're like, I'm just a kid. <laughs> I was like 26 years old. Oh, yeah. And <laughs> think know? of, I mean, anybody coming out of school, right? You're thrown into working with people that have been there for 10, 20, 30 years mm-hmm. that know a hell of a lot more than you. So it's it's an easy place to fall in. And I think across the board, there's like this huge pressure to achieve. Mm-hmm. So 
measuring yourself against the previous version of yourself against others. That's just like natural Mm -hmm. in the environment of working with others or living with others. And now, especially with all this social media stuff, right? It's it's a constant feed of what other people are doing and their successes. Mm -hmm. So there's always going to be someone better than you, but there's sure as hell a lot of people worse. And it's easy to forget that. Totally. Yeah. and, and, And more recently, I've experienced it a lot. I mean, as we've increased our pricing for elopements, I'm like, oh, man, like someone's going to pay me this. <laughs> Holy shit. Who am I to get this money? Or like there's other people who are better photographers than me, you know, and I kind of discount the fact that I'm a pretty damn good photographer. And I have provided hundreds of amazing experiences for couples, you know, like, yeah, I deserve to make a good income from it. And I also experienced it a lot when I was developing my group coaching program because just nobody in our industry was doing that. I was like trailblazing and that was fucking terrifying. And, and here I am, like, I don't actually know everything. And I think that's what a lot of people, especially as I've helped other people pivot into being coaches, they have this feeling that they have to know everything. And I wanted to come on the scene and be like, I am not perfect. I am a hot mess. I do not know everything, yet I am still running a very successful business. But I think a lot of people, they don't necessarily think of themselves that way. And they think, like, who am I to teach other people? I haven't hit this random milestone. I haven't hit this random goal income that I'm setting for myself. But this isn't like, school where you have to hit a certain grade or get a certain degree to teach people. You just have to be a few steps ahead of them. So I want to talk about the Dunning-Kruger effect. And I know you know about this, Todd. Oh, yeah. Let's hear it again. (laughs) Yeah. So I, I cover this in some of my coaching. And it was an important thing for me to for everybody to understand going through life and business and everything. Because if it like imagine an X and Y axis and the X is the horizontal one, right? Correct. Okay, so on the horizontal axis, there is knowledge. And on the Y axis going up and down is confidence. So when you have very little knowledge about something, or you pretty much know nothing about a subject, that's when you will find people are the most confident. So anytime you come across somebody, which I've come across many people who are overly confident about a subject, and that oftentimes means they know very little about it. And this is often like mansplainers (laughs) and various men I've come across for some reason, I'm sorry, but they're overconfident and cocky about a subject that often means they don't know, they don't have that much knowledge about it. So this is called Mount Stupid (laughs) on this graph. When you have little knowledge and you're overly confident. So as your knowledge grows, your confidence drops significantly because you're starting to learn like, wow, there's actually a lot of information that I don't know about this subject. Like when you know a little bit, you think you know a lot. But then as you're learning more and more and more, your confidence just plummets into what is called the valley of despair. So even though you are actually moving right along this x-axis and you are getting more and more knowledge about this subject, whether it be photography or veterinary medicine or rocket science, <laughs> your confidence is just in this valley of despair. And you're learning, you're learning of things that you don't know. 
Yes. Yeah. And that's why your confidence kind of drops because as you're learning more and more, you're also learning what you don't know. And that's scary. That's really scary. I remember going through that even in freshman biology in college and being like, wow, there's so much shit out there. I don't know. (laughs) Holy moly. Like my mind just burst essentially. So that's where a lot of people find themselves in this valley of despair. So even though their knowledge is getting better and better and better, they have this self-doubt. They have anxiety about it. They feel like a fraud because they're used to being these perfectionist, high-achieving type A people that get all the gold stars and, and the dean's list and straight A's and all that stuff. And now they are having to be in this uncomfortable place where they don't know everything. And that's really where imposter syndrome becomes a superpower because it motivates you to learn more and to get better and to become more confident because you don't want to sit in the valley of despair where everything is super uncomfortable. You know, like imagine if we did not have to sit in that uncomfortable place and that we were all just on Mount Stupid forever. <laughs> like how messed up would that be? We would have totally incompetent people out there acting like they were the shiznit, you know, charging a million dollars for stuff, passing on their lack of knowledge, like it would not be good. So the fact that we have this anxiety and this awful feeling as our knowledge increases, we want to get out of it. And if you, well, one way to get out of it is to quit, which is not what I recommend. I recommend pushing on and essentially gathering more and more knowledge. And over time, you will increase your confidence and you'll go up the slope of enlightenment where your confidence does start to grow because of your knowledge. And eventually you will become basically like an expert where you are fully knowledgeable and confident. And I feel like that's where I'm kind of sitting as far as elopement photography goes. I'm super confident. You know, there was a time where I was afraid to mention that I was a veterinarian to my couples. <laughs> you know, uh, there was a time where I was afraid to be myself because I was so used to just being a robot or like hiding my personality as a doctor. I mean, I really had, it took me years to kind of build that confidence and to feel like an expert in my field. And I know how uncomfortable that feeling is, but it is also a huge motivator to get there to that part, to that plateau where you can feel confident and comfortable in your knowledge. Where are you at, would you say, in your your videography journey? I like to think that I'm in the, what's the upslope called? The slope of enlightenment. Slope of enlightenment. Yeah. You're not in the valley of despair anymore? I don't think so. I definitely was there with the thinking of, yeah, who am I to film someone's wedding, right? This once in a lifetime opportunity. Who am I to learn all this stuff and to be in charge? But yeah, I think it's something that, right, you work through by learning, by practice trial and error. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I think that I'm in that, that upslope. I still, I mean, there's still plenty to learn. There's plenty Mm -hmm. of confidence, but yeah, I'd like to think that I'm pretty good at what I do. Yeah, you are. Yeah. You make people cry with your videos all the time. Yeah. And I think that, I mean, we're our harshest critics, right? So I don't think it's uncommon that we don't think we're as good as we truly are, especially Mm -hmm. because we kind of, what's that term? Like we're too close to our 
toward genius. Yes. That we like don't realize how far we've come, Mm -hmm. how much we really know, because we get fixated on kind of the negative part of the stuff that we don't know. Yeah, that's so true. I see that all the time with my coaching students that they they don't see how amazing they are. They just see all the things that they are lacking or they forget how far they've come, you know, and I'm like, remember where you were six months ago? Like you almost quit. (laughs) Now you're like booking things at $7,000. Like, are you kidding me? So yeah, being able to kind of look back and, and just be in competition with yourself kind of and recognizing that this imposter syndrome that you feel is totally normal and is part of the process and is the motivator for you to keep going. Because like I said, if we're all living on Mount Stupid, how messed up would this world be? This world would be so messed up if everybody was just like overly confident with zero knowledge. It would implode. I think this world would. (laughs) So let's talk about what can you do when you're feeling this? I mean, because it can really genuinely, especially for the perfectionists and the high achievers out there, I mean, it can be detrimental. It can stop you in your tracks. It can be so uncomfortable feeling that you'd never progress and you just quit and say goodbye to your dreams. So let's talk about what you can do. And again, recognizing that it's a totally normal part of the process is step number one and giving it a name because you said you didn't know what it was until recently. Yeah. Like, I I mean, I obviously felt that uncomfortableness and like thinking that I wasn't as good as I should have been at the whatever time, like thinking in my career, but like learning the term for it. Once I learned it, like now I hear, hear it nonstop. So, yeah. Yeah. So recognizing it, giving it a name, realizing that it's totally normal. Part of the process is going to be helpful. Also, Saying a big F you to perfectionism is part of this because perfectionism and imposter syndrome go hand in hand. I mean, it is just common to think that like, oh, I've got to be perfect in order to succeed in my dream and my business and my goals. And being perfect is not the way to achieve your goals. (laughs) You have to pretty much forget about perfectionism, forget about that as a goal. It is going to basically hold you captive and not let you succeed if you try to be perfect. I tell all my coaching students to go for B's and C's, essentially, like put out B grade work or even C grade work. And one of my one of my coaching students, Laura, is talking about how she's putting out F plus work on TikTok and still made like almost 40 grand on bookings from TikTok, you know, putting out F plus work, but she's doing it. She's taking the actions. And that's the important part is saying a big F you to perfectionism and actively being not perfect in order to get things done. Because done, done is better than perfect. I think we've all heard that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> And I know I'm a recovering perfectionist. I always got straight A's. I graduated at the top of my class. I know you are, you're still a perfectionist. Are you, are you recovering yet? Would you say? I'm still struggling. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I've like at least addressed it Mm -hmm. and know that it's a real thing, but. Perfectionism, like it's agonizing. It is like, it totally is like, it crushes your happiness. Mm Mm-hmm. Because there's like always something more that can be done better. It's totally unattainable. Yeah. Yeah. So everybody here who's a perfectionist, I want you to actively not be perfect and go for B grades, C grades, Ds, Fs even, (laughs) F plus maybe. I don't want you to fail out. 
at least B's, C's, or D's. That is what's going to get you forward in business and in life and towards reaching your goals. The other thing that you can do is to take risks and learn from your mistakes and realize that you don't just like completely fail. Failure isn't even a term for me. Like it doesn't exist for me. Growing up, it sure did because you could fail a test or you could fail an exam or you could fail a grade or fail a semester or whatever. But like in business and life, that's not a thing. Like you're always learning. You're always gathering data. And even if something doesn't work out the way that you wanted it to, there's always a learning experience. Or if things are taking longer than you want them to, it's because there's a learning experience there. You've got to learn the things that work, that don't work. There's no such thing as failure. There's no such thing as mistakes. And I think that the more you practice that and kind of get away from this idea that you are either an A plus student or you're failing, the better off you'll be and the faster you'll be able to go up that slope of enlightenment and finally feel confident in in your knowledge and what you're doing. Would you say that that's true? Oh, 100%. Yeah, you have to, I mean, even if something doesn't work out the way you envisioned it or the way you wanted it to, right? It's still all a learning experience that's helping you eventually get to your goals. Yeah, I mean, by trade, we're scientists. And so like, we run experiments and mm-hmm. some things work, some things that don't, and you just learn from it and you pivot and mm-hmm. do yeah. better next time. We've had to do that a lot with figuring out how to, you know, educate other photographers and videographers. Like we've had to be the ones that go out and trial and error certain things until, you know, we figure out, okay, that doesn't work. That didn't work, but this did. So this is what we're going to continue teaching people because business changes all the time. So being okay with that and seeing everything you do as something that is a learning experience instead of a failure is super important. Another thing you can do to get yourself out of this funk of imposter syndrome is surrounding yourself with people that believe in you and push you and can celebrate your successes with you. Because if you're just sitting all alone in your home office or bedroom or something, sitting in this valley of despair, and nobody's there to like, knock you out of it to knock some sense into you, I mean, you might quit. And I don't want anybody to quit on their dreams because of imposter syndrome. I see that all the time where I'm having to knock sense into people and being like, you're fucking awesome. (laughs) Keep going don't stop now. I've had plenty of people want to quit, you know, quit the mastermind right before they made a huge breakthrough. And I'm the one that has to push them and be like, get past this uncomfortableness and keep going. So surrounding yourself with the right people is crucial. Like, do you think that that that's important surrounding yourself with the right people? Absolutely. Yeah. Like, I mean, living in your own little brain, you like convince yourself that your thoughts or your are like reality mm-hmm. where that's not always or very often the case. So like at least having someone, a friend, family, a spouse, professional therapist, whoever that may be, <laughs> yeah. right? Sometimes just getting a little bit outside perspective kind of can break us out of that little pity party we've made in our own little brain. Oh yeah, totally. I mean, I don't know what some people would have done if I hadn't knocked them out of their little pity parties. And even you, like you know, encouraging you, telling you that your work is good enough to charge a certain price and stuff like that. Like if left to our own devices, we end up just 
not charging enough for our services and thinking really poorly of ourselves and thinking we don't deserve things. Like you really do have to surround yourself with people who are excited about your success and can see the good in you that sometimes you can't see yourself. So that's one thing. Another thing, and this is for all the people that worry about that they're not knowledgeable enough to do X, Y, and Z or go after this goal. You just hire people with the skills you don't have. <laughs> you don't have to know everything. You know, if you if you suck at doing this, that, and the other thing, you hire somebody to do that. Or like with me and my mastermind, I don't pretend that I know all the things. Like I've, I'm, you know, Laura that I just talked about who made 40K on TikTok putting out F plus work. I'm going to pay her to do a TikTok thing, a TikTok Zoom and coach everybody else on TikTok because I'm not doing TikTok. And I've hired other people to talk about work-life balance and contracts. I hired a lawyer to talk about contracts. I had another girl who got 30% of her website traffic from Pinterest to do a Pinterest Zoom. So if there are things that you struggle with that you need to do in order to make your business better or to coach other people or whatever, just hire it out. You don't have to wear all the hats. And in fact, if you are wearing all the hats, that's a great way to never be able to step away from your business. And that kind of sucks. <laughs> you want to be able to take days off without your business falling apart. Yeah. And like, if you think about it in not just the creative space, but like any other thing, like, so say someone starting a restaurant, right? So the, the chef who's like brilliant with food, he's probably not the one doing the marketing, waiting tables, or design right? or something having people that are good and like kind of spreading the skill set we see it more often than not right teams of mm -hmm. engineers i mean sports right you got the guy the f quarterback who's awesome at throwing f footballs but he can't punt worth <laughs> beans right so like i mean building a team and like having people that are good at different aspects of the overall mission mm -hmm. i mean we should look at all these other examples mm -hmm. and not try to take so many things on ourselves because there's just not enough time, there's not enough energy or talent mm -hmm. to do everything perfectly. Yeah, totally. Do the things that are in your zone of genius and that your energy pulls you towards and then, yeah, outsource the other things and don't feel like you have to be the one doing it all. That is a great way to run your business into the ground. And then the biggest thing too is also like I see it all the time where people with really bad imposter syndrome go into these kind of anxiety spirals and I'm not a counselor or a therapist or a psychologist, psychiatrist, any of that. But I've had my own fair share of anxiety spirals. I've seen other people have them. I think it's really important to recognize when those are happening and not make any drastic decisions <laughs> during those times. Let them play out, feel the feelings. But then also, just like everything, it's a practice. It's a skill. Learn to pull yourself up and continue on to building your confidence and your knowledge. How big of a part do you think the comparison game plays on imposter syndrome? Oh, a huge part. I mean, the comparison game is awful. And really, like, one of the things I think has helped me be successful is that I have blinders on a lot. I am not paying attention to what other people are doing. <laughs> whether it be photographers or coaches, like I've really chosen not to like pay any attention to what, what they're up to. I have had to look more at people's social media and websites and stuff like that 
as I've become a coach and I have to help them with these things. And so I have felt more of that, like, oh my God, this photo is so beautiful. I'm not this artistic. And I will start kind of spiraling on that. So I really try to tell people to, instead of consuming social media, to create on social media, create more than you consume. That's huge. Put your blinders on, stop scrolling and comparing yourself to other people. And also realize that other people have different financial situations. They are not as successful as they often appear. I've had a lot of people who seem very successful on Instagram who have reached out to me for help. It's a highlight reel, right? And oftentimes, their idea of success can be really wonky compared to ours. Like if you go back to whatever podcast episode, I think it was the second or something where I want you to define success, like success for me this year is shooting 10 elopements and that's it. Other people broadcast that they are doing triple header weekends and have like 12 things booked in August. And like, that sounds awful to me. (laughs) I'm not, I am not one to overbook myself, you know, but somebody who has not set those boundaries and is not as confident in their business might look at these other people and think, oh, I need to be overbooked and have 12 things in July in order to be successful. Or you might see somebody who like, let's say, like for me, I wasn't, I didn't have a partner for a while and I was providing for myself for a while. And so, and I had my student loans and a car payment and all this stuff. And so like I had to make my business work and other people have spouses that pay the bills or don't have six figures of student loans. So it's really hard to compare yourself to other people. Well, it's it's easy to, but you don't want to because you don't know really what's going on behind the scenes. And I have found out a lot of people are struggling with a lot of different things that seemingly look successful on Instagram. So I see a lot of the behind the scenes stuff and the struggles and the anxiety and the despair and the self-doubt and the times they almost quit and the times they have a red flag client that treats them horribly because they overbooked themselves or yeah, the burnout. I see a lot of burnout. So yeah, don't look to other people for what you're supposed to do. It's really the answers are in you. (laughs) And that's what I work people through in my coaching is how to define and set up what success means for them in their business. I know you've gotten the comparison game bad before. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, it's a fine line of like looking to others to like try to find inspiration. But then that can go overboard really easily, right? And then kind of falling back into that valley of despair of, ah, there's so much more that I could be doing. Mm -hmm. There's so much more that I could be doing better, spending more time, you know, practicing this, which Mm -hmm. is good. But yeah, you just don't know what's going on behind the scenes. And you should really, again, you should just be in competition with yourself and improving yourself and working after your specific goals instead of being like, well, this person's finding success this way, so I'm going to emulate them or I'm going to edit like them or I'm going to post things like them or take photos like them. Like The best thing you can do is really put your blinders on and focus on you and your unique skill set and your unique zones of genius and what you bring to the table from past experiences and your own personality and energy and and not be too inspired by other people. Like be inspired by, I don't know, 
an art museum. <laughs> you know? Like, yeah, I, I honestly think that the best thing I've ever done for my business is just ignore what other people are doing and just do what felt right to me. Because if I was doing what other people were doing, I would not have created a coaching program. I wouldn't have helped over like 100 elopement photographers at this point. They would still be riding the struggle bus, trying to figure things out on their own or looking to Facebook groups where people are mean. It's it's important to, yeah, to find that confidence from inside instead of outside sources. That's really what it comes down to now that I'm talking it out. That confidence building, that place when you can get out of the valley of despair and feel like an expert in your field, that's not going to come from the outside sources and being validated by outside sources. It really has to come from inside you and doing the inside work. And, oh, and that's also why a lot of times I describe building a business as a voyage of self-discovery and you have to do all the inside work that feels really uncomfortable. You have to sit in the valley of despair for a while. You have to make mistakes. You have to, you know, not do things perfectly. It's a lot of things that are kind of outside people's comfort zones. And it is, it's just so uncomfortable. Yeah. And I think that, so it definitely applies to building a business, but also applies to just progressing in life, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. I often w wonder if I was still working as a vet and I was burnt out and just trying to survive, like, would I have done all this inner work? <laughs> I don't know if I would have. Like, I don't know if I, I've done so much inner soul searching and, and stuff. Like, I just don't think I would have ever done that if I was still working my soul sucking career. Yeah, probably not to the extent just because of being tired and mm -hmm. exhausted and riding that roller coaster. Yeah, and just so. kind of being able to sit in my comfort zone all the time. Like, I am constantly forced out of my comfort zone now, and I just have to like constantly remind myself what I'm working towards, work on my abundance mindset, you know, work on my confidence, like everything. Like it's just, it truly is a voyage of self-discovery. And I don't think I ever, yeah, who would I ever know who I really am? Would I ever be able to like confidently just talk on a podcast yeah. <laughs> and teach other people what to do? I don't know. Like, I just don't think I ever would have experienced these things. Interesting. Is there anything that you can add to like how to feel or how to get yourself feeling better about imposter syndrome or how to get yourself up? Because you're working on that, that slope of enlightenment. You aren't quite to the part where you feel like an expert. Yeah. Like, how are you? How's that journey going for you? Um, I think probably the biggest thing for me as I'm trying to stay positive and continue that growth is like realizing that I'm not perfect. I'll never be perfect. Mm -hmm. And that kind of the shortcomings are like things that I don't do perfectly. Like, again, I can learn from those. And then like kind of internally that like my negative thoughts may not necessarily be like truth. Mm -hmm. And that's like, okay to have negative thoughts, right? That's just kind of, again, kind of a human condition. And having those thoughts is okay, but kind of living in them and then kind of realizing, okay, I had those thoughts or those feelings, but that doesn't mean that's like the truth yeah. or reality. It's very much not reality, yeah. those negative thoughts. <laughs> yeah. And you could probably say the same thing on the positive side too, right? But yeah, just realizing like 
what I'm thinking or what I'm feeling isn't necessarily the reality of the world. And yeah, that was that was also a very helpful realization for me. I actually learned that when I went to a conference as a vet and there was a speaker there that was talking about suicide because suicide's a huge issue in veterinary medicine. And they were talking about how your brain will automatically go towards negative thoughts if left to its own devices and that those negative thoughts are just not reality and that you really do have to acknowledge them, that they are happening and then consciously turn them around to positive. And that was very helpful for me when I did start having thoughts like, who are you to do this and charge this? And who are you to have a successful business? You should just go back to being a vet. Like you're crazy. Whenever I had those thoughts, I would recognize them and immediately turn them around and be like, shut up brain. You're just trying to like ruin my life. (laughs) What you're saying is not real. You're just a little bitch, you know, and I'm actually awesome. And I'm going to make a great photography business. I'm going to have an awesome coaching business. I'm going to get everything I want and you're not going to stop me. So I, yeah, I mean, that's a great point that you brought up is that you really do have to recognize those negative thoughts that they're there. I mean, I think it's like your your brain trying to protect you. Like your brain, yeah. its primary motive is survival. And it would love for you to just be like in a corner, in a house, being fed food and water and like literally not move <laughs> and just like guarantee your survival. But that's not what life is all about. And we're very fortunate that we get to kind of like imagine and visualize what we want out of our life and go after it. Like what other creature gets to do those things? Like nobody really. We get to build things out of nothing just because we had a thought in our head. And that's super freaking cool. But then on the flip side of that is a brain that likes to not let us do those things. We have to fight through it. So hopefully anybody out there that is suffering with imposter syndrome will use this episode to kind of turn things around and you can't get out of that discomfort completely, but you can recognize that it is progress in your journey and that you can find, you know, solace with people going through the same thing and peers and support and just keep going. Don't quit. Well, thanks so much for listening. Can't wait to see you guys next week. Cheers. Thanks so much for joining us on this episode of Stoked with Megan McPhail. If you enjoyed the show and you'd like to help support the podcast, please subscribe, leave a review, and tell a friend. If you're looking for more inspiring content, check us out on Instagram at Stoked with Megan McPhail. And to learn more about my business coaching and how I can personally help you quit your nine to five, visit my website at meganmcphail.com. I hope this leaves you feeling stoked. See you next week.